It's Friday, 6.54 p.m. on the East Coast, and we're doing our thing. Uh, I'm going to, I have a lot of great stuff tonight. We have a great guest. Matt is here again. He's just, he just walked through the door. He's settling in. I'll give him a second. But uh, we have a great call-in guest, Raw Egg Nationalist, goes by uh, Ren for short. Introduced to his work through Noor Bin Laden. Actually, you all were introduced to his work at the same time. So um, we're going to be talking to him about his new book, The um, Eggs Benedict Option, which I think is going to be great because it talks about defying the Great Reset New World Order through choosing wholesome nutrition and going at it and getting your body and your mind in line and how historically... Controlling food has been a way of controlling people, just like con- controlling currency afterwards would be a bigger way of controlling much larger swaths of people. Um, I, and of course, it's going to be really great. Matt's going to love this too because because Ren has appropriated the uh, the all natural, tough as nails image of a bodybuilding legend, Vince Gironda, who we all really appreciate here. Um, greatly, I, I I buy all of uh, Vince's products and stuff. You know the, the the proteins and that all takes raw eggs, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot, and that'll be good tonight because we can uh, cross several categories of conversation that we usually have on this show, and that's nutrition and self improvement and. Um, you know, that whole man-in-the-mirror approach to changing the world or restoring the world to a more sane order of, of things. Um, I want to give a couple of shout-outs to my sponsors tonight. I want to spo- uh, shout-out Secret Nature CBD. High CBD, low THC means all the benefits of full-spectrum cannabinoids and terpenes without the high and the common, you know, some of you get anxiety and paranoia and all that. No. Now relax, focus, calm your nervous system. Uh, This is 20 years of experience in cannabis cultivation. Before it was cool, breeding, retail, product development, fantastic operation at secretnaturecbd.com. Go there, use promo code FRANKLY for 20% off. 20% off, that's one-fifth of every order that you throw in. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So 
That's what you got going on. And I also want to remind everybody, since we're going into the weekend, and I do not plug myself a lot. I have a, um, I have had quite a few people say, Frank, you've got to, you've got to plug the, the the sponsorships more. You owe it to yourself. But I just, I still feel pretty uncomfortable about it. But I'll make some time now because I feel comfortable when I have announcements to make about value added for monthly sponsors, people who go through quitefrankly.tv directly on the sponsor us tab or go through Subscribestar or anywhere else. If you become a monthly sponsor to Quite Frankly, from now on, yes, there are some places where you can get yourself into exclusive tiers with very exclusive perks and all that other stuff, but no matter, even if you if you just drop a dollar in monthly through quitefrankly.tv or elsewhere that doesn't have any specific perks attached, we now have three universal, two of them have been there, now a third universal perk everybody gets. Number one, you get, uh, you get the unlisted live links for all of our Sunday, unlisted Sunday conversations I stream. I don't know, between 3 and 5 p.m. Lately, it's been 3 p.m. So we get together on a Sunday afternoon for a half hour to an hour and just talk. That's it. Me in the chat room, and when it gets colder outside and I go inside a little bit more, then we start taking Skype calls and doing other stuff. That's um, that's fun. Number two, priority messaging. Either through direct messaging on either a, a Subscribestar or a Patreon, but priority emailing. I prioritize sponsors for response and all that stuff. And now the third one, every month, starting in November, every month, Lauren is going to collect the emails of all active monthly sponsors across all three platforms that we have that option on, and we are going to be doing a monthly giveaway. So aside from all the fun raffles we'll continue to be doing on the 7 o'clock show, every month there's going to be a side raffle of, I don't know, t-shirts, coffee bags, books show relics who knows what else will come up so that's just something that wasn't there before and i'm happy to say that we're, we're always thinking of new ways of adding value for people who support the show um in the, for the long haul thank you guys and gals and thank you everybody just for watching i know that's it's not an option for everybody people are in different state you know different levels of comfort of what they can afford I, i'm never ever going to put pressure on anyone this is why the show is always free so thank you for watching. You're sponsoring the show just by sharing it with your friends. Thank you, everybody. Um, all right. Next week is going to be a great one, too. I have a couple of nights that I think that we can have like some free play. I have a lot of cool topics to do, including one topic, a great thread I wanted to do about the, um, the ritual sacrifice kind of backdrop to the V2 rocket bombing of London. I want to get into that. That's back in World War II. But uh, we have G. Edward Griffin coming on the 21st, Creature from Jekyll Island, Quigley Formula, Secret Societies, the, the future as he predicted it. We're going to be doing a lot of retrospective with an OG. This is a legend. And a lot more things going on next week. I, we may have Sam Tripoli coming back on. I, I hope that's, uh, that's there. But so much more coming our way. All right. All right, getting into the grab bag now. Matt stepped out for just a second. He'll be back, and then he'll jump right in. Here's the first one. Hey, did you know that the Emmys, the Emmy Awards, were a couple of days ago on Monday night? Did you know that? I didn't. Neither did anybody else because it's a record low. 5.9 million people out of a country of 330 officially 
and a world of almost 8 billion. So talk about relevancy. There is none. And that, of course, Emmys are, are television, ladies and gentlemen. So that's just your, your soap operas and all that other shit. 5.9 million people, record low. Oh, well. Moving on, moving on. This is something I think that is very important. Everybody should know about. Uh, an adult device company offers relief. This is from the New York Post. You might have seen this floating around there today. An adult, hey, Matt, what's going on? Hello, Francis. How you doing? I'm all right. How was your How was your brush up with Clovid? Oh, it beat the shit out of me. I'm still not a hundred percent. I don't you, feel like you're it. not gonna. You're not gonna be for a little while. Yeah, I had. Uh, luckily, I didn't have like the throat was when it was sore. I was still able to smoke. Like I wasn't coughing or anything. I didn't have like so much breathing problem. It was just a hundred and three degree fever for three nights. Massive body pain. My back, you know, my back already bothers me. So I had that fucking pounding headache. My uh, my hips and yeah. my fucking ankles. All of the past injuries that you ever had in your life, it almost feels as if they're they're, they're fresh again. It's just it's just complete body inflammation and whatever their scar tissue. It's it's going. It just makes it feel yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. The only thing that's still achy still is my glands uh, on my my neck over here. Well, you go to a glory hole for a couple more <clears throat> nights and you'll be fine. Yeah, I gotta work the. Work the old neck out. Got to work the old neck. <laughs> well, speaking of, an adult device company offers relief after a shipment of lube and sex toys crashes. They're coming to the rescue, said New York Post. An adult device company sprung into action Friday to offer relief to com- uh, customers affected by tractor-trailer crash in Oklahoma City that spilled a shipment of sex toys and lubricant onto a highway. Cam Soda claims several trucks full of dildos and lube will go all the way to replace what was lost in the devastating incident in response to the crash on Interstate 40 that went viral on social media and had newscasters blushing over its contents. A spokesperson for the company said in a statement that they had supplies ready to replace what was lost within hours. The Wednesday's, Too bad um, Cam Soda, the dildo manufacturers, can't produce wheat. The world needs some wheat and things to eat. I want to see that insurance report. I want to see a close-up of the crash. Can you? Can you imagine? Well, I'm, thankfully, it was not a fatal crash, and no one died because of this. But can you imagine? Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of people suffering. They didn't get their dildo order. <laughs> I know, I know. But can you imagine losing a parent because a dildo truck crashed into them? So I'm, I'm just happy that this. This, that, that this is just uh, funny. It's not funny for the, the truck driver. He's probably going to lose his job, too. But you spilled all those dildos. Yeah. Diego used to work at a dildo factory. <laughs> really? You didn't know that? No, I didn't. Ask know. him about it when you see him. All right, I'll ask him. Yeah. I'll ask him. I was just uh, talking to him the other day, congratulating him for the, the new baby coming on the way. Yeah. So, um, dildo fa- Yeah, I told you our first sponsors. I'll tell that story again some other time. Oh, yeah, they sent you that huge dildo. No, we requested the huge dildo. It was funny. I, I even forget what the what the sponsor's name was. This was back in 2009, and we're like, we need sponsors. And I was so happy that I landed us a sponsor. You know, and we were all we were all about just you know crude jokes and talking about celebrity hijinks back then. And slowly, it started going and getting serious and all that other stuff. 
Um, but I found this one place, and I said, hey, w- w- you know, we're we're a bright new network, and hundred dollars cash a month, and and a little bit of product because we we thought it'd be funny to give them away. Uh, we hosted a lot of parties, so we just throw them out there, and of course, the 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 you have no clue how versatile those floppy dildos with the suction cups are as far as just sticking them on walls or sticking them underneath um, toilet toilet seats so when people lift the lid up it's just that I mean we had so much fun with these things we, we <laughs> once had played a football game with one we went we played a whole football game with one but the problem is that after about six or seven months it was only a hundred dollars of cash a month they said Frank we're sorry we're, we're restructuring we're restructuring the company, and we, we just don't have the extra cash to give out. Uh, but we can still send you product. So we're like, we really need the money, okay? But we're like, all right, fine. Yeah, you so, know. so at that point, we were only being paid in, like, dildos. Yeah, sorry, we can't give you any money. We have to restructure our dildo company. We're I know. also selling vaginas now. Yes, yes, <laughs> and we could not spare the $100. But you guys are good kids. Here. I don't know. We were young and dumb. Well, what'd they give you? Oh, it would... Dude, there was so many weird things showed up. Dildo lollipops? No. Those exist? I have to. Yeah, remember I bought you one? Didn't I buy you a little penis lollipop once? That was you? (laughs) I don't consider it a dildo. It was just a penis-shaped lollipop. Well, it's, if it's not attached to a human, it's, you know, it's right. a candy dildo. Hey, did you hear about all the rest of what's going... Did you hear about the Martha's Vineyard? Yeah, DeSantis. Now, listen to this. Martha's Vineyard, they, they were they're patting themselves on the... Uh, they were patting themselves on the back for about five hours before they called up the National Guard and said, get these people out of here. Well, Martha's Vineyard is very inclusive. Very inclusive. Here is... Here is Dylan Fernandez, a state representative for the most beautiful part of Massachusetts, honored to represent Falmouth, Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket, and Gosnold. He said, our island jumped into action, putting together 50 beds, giving everyone a good meal, providing a play area for children, making sure people have the health care and support they need. What the hell does that mean? Band-Aids? They got abortions. Made sure that, yeah, they sterilized everybody. We are a community that comes together to support immigrants. First of all, this is not immigration. There's there's no dignity in this sham. There's yeah. no dignity anywhere here. But great work. Fifty. They put together fifty hammocks and they, and they set up a seesaw. I'd like to see them. Uh, like to see where they put the next thirty thousand. Like we had to. We had to figure out over here, in uh, in our town. But they pulled together. And then this. This is hilarious, because. <laughs> As soon as they finished patting themselves on the back, they called the National Guard to assist in removal of the illegal aliens from Martha's Vineyard. Governor Charlie Baker of Massachusetts on Friday announced plans to deploy at least 125 National Guard troops to relocate the illegal immigrants that were flown into Martha's Vineyard by Florida Governor DeSantis. In his announcement, the government Baker said the, the state will transport the migrants to a military base on Cape Cod. See, there'll be plenty of seesaws and hammocks there. With the help of the State National Guard just one day after their initial arrival on the island. So I, I'm happy for everybody on on Martha's Vineyard. They pulled together. They played Mexican hot potato. And then now, now they can get back to enjoying their mimosas in peace. Yeah. After all, they earned it. If they played Cuban hot potato, they would have been sent back home. 
After all, they, I, I remember the migrant crisis of 22. Some of them will say a decade from now, it was our proudest 12 hours. It was our proudest 12 hours. A bunch of intolerant people over there in Martha's Vineyard. Oh, they're terrible, aren't they? Yeah, they don't want just, you know, people living there. Aren't they community. disgusting? Yeah, they are. They disgust me. When I look at them disgusted. Now, here's the, here's the thing that gets, makes this tricky for me. My good buddy and a man who does wonderful work, necessary work, Jay Gulanello, he, has, he is hosting a health expo in Martha's Vineyard, and he wanted to make it part of people being able to go out and have a, uh, a weekend out there to learn about all really awesome health modalities that don't get any attention and to learn about nutrition and to learn about your own bodies and, and, uh, and, and how certain approaches to reaching your goals may be attainable for different people. He's got this wonderful event going on out there uh, the first weekend in October that I have to give, I, I'm going to give some more plugs to. Um, next week I'm going to really um, get some attention on it because I would love for this to sell out for him and for because after that hopefully he, he's able to build his compound in New Hampshire. But just Jay's luck that everybody is uh, spending this entire last week talking about the hypocrisy and the filthy horrible people of Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all right. He'll be fine. There's no reflection on him, of obviously. That's just bad timing. That's yeah, bad. Nothing he could do about it. Nothing he can do. But uh, but he could succeed. That's what he could do, and he will. All right. So uh, that's all I have on that end. Have you been watching? Have you been watching uh, Cobra Kai? I watched it all. Okay. I, I'm I'm on episode five. This is getting better and better. I, I have to rewatch it because when I watched it, I had the COVID, so I was kind of like, "What it's, the fuck is going on?" Okay, but yeah, I, I I need to rewatch it. This, first of all, I would I have to say this: if I if it, if I were Daniel Larusso's wife, I would have divorced him two seasons ago. He doesn't even go to work anymore. <laughs> All he does is sp <laughs> he spends all he does is spends his day in a in a karate gi obsessing over children's karate. It is the mo and is it, and this is why I love this series so much. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it is. You know what else is ridiculous? How Cobra Kai unleashed these adults. You see when they like how they introduce them. One guy's got a fucking eye patch on. They look like mercenaries. It's children's karate. <laughs> they come out like fucking mercenaries for hire. And they're so obedient. <laughs> they're so obedient. I love it. Oh, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. I hope it goes on forever. <laughs> this is supposed to be like a couple of weeks after the last the last season. Miguel looks like he's 45 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway. All right. 713. We're going to come back on the other side of the, uh, the, the, the intro, and we're going to introduce you to some of the subject matter tonight. We're, then we're going to bring on Ren, Raw Egg Nationalist. Matt is going to love this call. I know he is. Um, yeah, this is the first I'm ever hearing of this guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he just wrote a he wrote a book. It's about I like nationalists. It's about pushing back on the Great Reset, New World Order, controlling of not only food but the independence yeah. and the, uh, the the health and the mindset 
of sovereign people, especially sovereign men of the world. Um, but he has he has appropriated and invoked the badass image of Vince Gironda. Nice. So Vince Gironda is all about it. it was all he was a nationalist. Oh, hey, yeah. look, I love Latin nationalists. I love nationalists from every country. Yes, because you should be a nationalist. All right. Well, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Getting a little bit more into an autumn's evening breeze feeling around here. It is definitely a chilly morning. It'll probably be a little bit chilly tonight. We're now we're starting the days and ending the days in the fifties. Oh yeah. So that's where we at. I don't know. I think it's colder than that in the morning, bro. I'm uh, like five uh, fifty, six thirty. It's really fucking chilly. Then you might you might have you might have been in the upper forties because when I uh, when I started getting going around eight. Or 7.30, whatever it was, 7.30 to 8, that half hour is very blurry for me because the baby wakes me up and um, she, I don't even set my alarm anymore. Because oh, she just wakes you up? Yeah, you know, the, the house just comes alive and I can't sleep through any of that stuff. I, I, just, I just get up and I get my day started. And it's a joyous morning every morning. But I knew that this, mor- this morning was around 52 degrees at that time. So I have to imagine around six or seven, definitely upper forties. Um, yeah, I got in my car the other day. Said forty-seven. I had shorts on. Wow. <clears throat> well, it, it, it always comes back around. It always comes back around without fail, unless of course you live in some place in the world where it doesn't come back around. And it never shows up in the first place. Um, here's what I want to do, ladies and gentlemen. You can send your super chats to quite frankly superchat.com. Congratulations to Claire in Texas for winning the raffle for the drumstick and the set the charge set list from the August 18th show at Garcia's last night. So I'll be sending that out over the weekend. Here's a little thing to open up the show tonight. Europe's drought. This is from Wired. Europe's drought might force acceptance of gene-edited crops. For decades, the EU has had some of the tightest restrictions on genetically altered agriculture. That could be about to change. How convenient. How convenient. Droughts, supply line disruption, weather all over the place. 
and suddenly the most sane place on earth when it comes to staying away from genetically altered agriculture may have to bend and break a little bit and start eating the GMOs. Europe's summer of drought has been impossible to ignore. Rivers dried up, exposing the skeletons of warships and ancient buildings. Images captured by satellite show swaths of the continent's normally verdant fields turning to parched dust bowls. The hot, dry conditions have also wreaked havoc on Europe's, on re, on Europe's agriculture. Most of the continent's water-starved fields will produce lower than expected yields this summer. For some crops, the difference is stark. Soybean yields are 15% below the five-year average, while sunflower yields are 12% down. With agricultural supply chains already stretched because of the war in Ukraine, the vulnerabilities in Europe's food system are looking extremely exposed. They go on to talk about all of the problems that they're going to have and how, you know, science may have to step in. Franken-wheat, Franken-meat, crickets, cricket powder, cockroach milk, all that nonsense we were talking yeah, a little bit about. about that. They want to milk cockroaches. Yeah, no, it's really just squishing them into juice. Cockroaches don't make milk. It's all juice. Um, animals make milk. That's it. So we got that. Now, as far as raw egg nationalist goes, here's a little bit about him from his, his, uh, his website. Here we go. Raw egg nationalists. The enemy today is what I call soy globalism. Talking about soy. The globalists' aim is to destroy nations and local communities. To do this, they isolate and sicken the individual, especially through food. So-called medicine and all, the, uh, and all of the harmful chemicals we're exposed to on a daily basis. The globalists want you to be fat, sick, depressed, and isolated. The better, uh, the better to control you and to milk you of as much economic value as they can before they kill you. That's the Great Reset in a nutshell. Own nothing, live in the pod, eat the soy. Well, the best response to this, as Trump showed, is a strong politics of nationalism. Uh, but the nation is only as strong as the individuals who make it up. So that's where the raw eggs come in. Eggs are a superfood packed with protein, healthy fat, vitamins, minerals, and anabolic cholesterol. I know that uh, Geronda was, was eating 30, up to 36. 36 eggs a day after one month. It's like you took a DECA cycle. It keeps you anabolic like that. If you can do that and just eat nothing but, like, fucking deer meat and, or bison meat. <laughs> you can't be stopped. No, you will never be stopped. And you will never die. That's what the diet Trump should go on. The absolute opposite of the disgusting rubbish globalists like Klaus Schwab wants you to eat. What's more, they're cheap and easy source locally. <clears throat> you don't need a patent to make eggs. You just need a happy hen. By following the wisdom of classic bodybuilders like Vince Gironda and consuming large quantities of raw eggs, yep. that's how we can get the, uh, the, the Great Reset under our control. You see, Matt? That's when I was in like the best shape, like, like, what, like three and a half, four years ago. Dude, all I was eating was eggs all day, just eggs and steak for dinner. Dude, I did that for like five months. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm. Well, I I, I, I uh, bring in I bring in the um, some some vegetable, just a little bit. The tomato salads. That's what I've been going to, but a lot of you know, I I go to cottage cheeses. I love them. I love that. The the beef liver capsules, but it's steak and eggs. Steak and eggs. Yeah, my diet hasn't been good, almost this last year actually. Here is the cover, for the upcoming or actually the release. It's it's already out. The eggs Benedict option. 
raw egg nationalist. And this, the Eggs Benedict option, that is actually the name of the strategy that he says it needs to be employed to really bring it to the nationalists, uh, bring it to the globalists. Now, the reason why we know about this book is because of our good friend Noor bin Laden, and she wrote the foreword for the book. So here's what she included on the first page of the foreword. You can, you can see where she's going with this. She's a very, very learned individual, and she reaches back into the depths of history to bring out exactly what we're going through now. We will not eat the bugs, Klaus, a forward by Noor bin Laden. Food and medicine are not two different things. They are the front and back of one body. Chemically grown vegetables may be eaten for food, but they cannot be used as medicine. That is a quote from uh, uh, Masanabu Fukuoka. Fukuoka, the one straw revolution. Sounds like a, uh, a Japanese gentleman, don't you think? I will not go back. In 1974, Foreign Affairs CFR published an essay titled The Hard Road to World Order by Richard N. Gardner, who stated the following, In short, the house of world order will have to be built from the bottom up rather than from the top down. It will look like a great, booming, buzzing confusion to use William James's famous description of reality. But an end run around national sovereignty, eroding it piece by piece, will accomplish much more than the old-fashioned frontal assault. And that's where we are. And that's what CFR, Trilateral Commission, and uh, all of their subsidiaries that have popped up like uh, mushrooms after a summer rain that is what we're up against. If everything is a Fabian socialist eroding it piece by piece, little assault by all of the Lilliputians and our enemies behind the gate. So that's where we're going here. And that's why Noor, and of course, this is right, up, this is right in Noor's uh, wheelhouse, this kind of thing. And that's where we are. I cannot wait. <clears throat> I cannot wait to bring him on. It's a dude, good time. Dude, that was the best I felt, bro. That time, like, when I was just, like, eating my protein, raw eggs in there, scrambled, eat whatever, however I could get it. I was almost around 36. I, I was definitely getting over a dozen eggs a day. You see, the only thing I've never come close to three dozen. It's hard. I think the most I've done was, like, 23 or 4. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. Well, I mean, if you're, if you, it depends. It depends on what you're, how you're eating. I mean, you can, you can definitely go and, you can definitely go and and do twelve. You can do a dozen eggs per time that you sit down. You can. Uh, I might be able to put, to put away a dozen pretty good. I, I sit down and eat how they're cooked too. I would I would scramble them. Yeah, that's oh. how I would do it. Hey, hey, uh, Ren, you there? I am here indeed. Ren, welcome to the show. You know, we were just talking a little bit here because um, you know, Matt was actually the one that brought Vince Duranda into the, the, the focal lens for me <laughs> years ago. And we started, you know, obsessing over him and, you know, his that hard nose approach to not babying anybody. But, of course, this this uh, this focusing in on the power of the egg. So aside from Noor bin Laden writing, you know, the recommendation for talking to you. Seeing Vince on the cover of your book, Seal the Deal, I said, i got to talk to this guy. That's awesome. Well, yeah, Vince is a, Vince is a phenomenon, and uh, he's been um, 
unfairly neglected, I would say. He uh, he had a, a really pivotal role in the development of early bodybuilding, but actually, over time, uh, the ideals that he promoted and the ideas that he promoted fell by the wayside. Uh, he was a he was a, an advocate of natural bodybuilding rather than enhanced bodybuilding, and of course. As we know, I mean, bodybuilding today wouldn't be wouldn't be possible without copious amounts of uh, controlled substances. So uh, it's not a, it's not a wonder that he's uh, fallen out of favor. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's so easy to see. I mean, the uh, the years of you can just see the the physique has just mutated, even from the days of Frank Zane and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who I mean, Schwarzenegger was use, was using testosterone and all that stuff too. But you just look at what we're looking at in the the late seventies, early eighties to to now. The mutation is unbelievable. And um, but 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 focusing in on the egg, the power of the egg, and and the uh, the approach, the dedicated approach of someone like Geronda. We were just talking about the thirty six egg a day to just create that anabolic that anabolic state at where he even pulverized the shells and used the shells Did too. He? Oh yeah, yeah, because the shells have uh, I didn't it, know it, that. am I right uh, ran about that the shells even a tremendous amount of calcium there. Yes, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of very good nutrition in the shells. Franco Colombo, uh, Arnold's longtime friend and uh, long-suffering training partner uh, used to eat the shells as well and in fact there's a video of him on YouTube eating a raw egg and the shell i think he was in his 60s or 70s when he was doing this and uh he says this is what we used to do back in my village in sardinia because he was from a peasant village in sardinia and i think that, that was one way that the that the peasants would get um adequate uh, nutrition adequate uh, mineral intake was was pulverizing the shells and eating them he, he was such a that, that guy was just a little bolder Franco Colombo, what a what a boulder of a man! I I love all those videos of uh, he and and uh, Arnold working out back in the day as well. So you know, um, Ren, it's obvious that um, that someone like Geronda and and anybody that has this approach has really affected your outlook on health and fitness. And now here you have this book. Is this the first uh, the first publication under your name? No, no, I've got um, I've got God, I've got three or four three or four others under my name. So I started off. Um, I started off self-publishing my stuff. Uh, I wrote a cookbook in uh, August of 2020 when I was a, a thousand follower account on Twitter, and uh, it was uh, the Raw Egg Nationalism Cookbook: Raw Egg Nationalism in Theory and Practice. Um, and uh, I self-published that. I put it out first as a free PDF. And something like 40,000 or 30,000 people downloaded it. It was insane. And people were saying to me, oh, you know, you should do this in paperback form. So I thought, okay, I'll give that a go. I'm sure it will probably sell about three or four copies. And um, uh, I, I published it through through Amazon, and it's been a, it's been a raging success. It sold, sold 3,500 copies on Amazon. And then I've got um, uh, two other self-published paperback books on Amazon three lives of golden age bodybuilders which is uh which is about three golden age bodybuilders uh Chet Yorton Chuck Sipes and Reg Park who was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's mentor and it's uh it's a series of biographies but it's meant to the purpose of the book basically is to is to show that actually that there is a different way of doing bodybuilding the old school way of bodybuilding where 
you know, you, you are crafting a beautiful body to have a beautiful life. And I talk about classical ideals of, um, of sort of self-cultivation and, and development of the physical form uh, in accordance with the eternal principles of aesthetics, which the Greeks laid down. So that's what that book is. And then the third book is a book that's just about Vince Gironda. That's called Draw Me a Gironda. And it's a kind of jokey, it's a jokey book. It's a riff on a book called Draw Me a Gorilla by uh, a friend of mine on Twitter uh, called Spinach Bra. And uh, basically it's a biography of Vince Gironda, but also has instructions on how to draw pictures of him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt, you gotta get. You know what? I, I, I'm gonna shut up because I think I just got some Christmas uh, Christmas ideas over here. Uh, yeah, or, 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 yeah, Ren. So let me ask you this: So, do, do you bodybuild? And, uh, and if you, if so, how long have you been doing it? Uh, yes, I do, but obviously not in the not in the modern uh, not in the modern uh, steroid sort of uh, oh, yeah. enhancing drug style. Uh, I've I've been involved in in uh, physical fitness, physical culture all my life. I was a, a martial artist uh, and used to teach martial arts. Um, so for a long a long while, I was I was more into what might be called functional fitness. You know, where you're doing a lot of calisthenics. Uh, I did a lot of kettlebell work and stuff like that. But I uh, I'd been into I'd been into proper weightlifting in my teens, and I got I got back into it maybe four years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I follow a, I follow a, a sort of classic, um, a classic kind of strength-based approach, the sort of thing that Reg Park, Chuck Sipes, people like that would have used in mm. the '60s. Um, some something that actually something that actually uh, gets good results for a natural bodybuilder, and I and I combine it with, with the uh, Gironda nutrition, with an egg egg-based diet or heavily egg-based diet. That's uh, that's something I've I've been trying to combine the Geronda kind of nutrition with um, uh, calisthenics. I've been getting away from a lot of free weights these days and just um, and just trying to go easy on my on my joints and all that stuff. But um, you know, one last thing on Geronda because I don't want to make it all about him. But I that is one guy, Ren, that I wish that we had more media on. You know, if, if he if he lived even fifteen years further on out uh, i mean to imagine the kind of media there's there's barely anything out there compared to what you can get now and how everybody just lives on social media for business reasons and everything else so we kind of missed out with that because everything i have seen and read is just a uh, a one fiery personality I'd, I'd love to have listened to a little bit more of his interviews but you you were talking about ancient greek views on aesthetics and that's the one thing that I love. I have not been able to to get through this book yet, but everything that has been I have been able to grab. I love your incorporation of history to be able to talk about not only the functional um, application of of the uh, the diets themselves and how it 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 combines with our human bodies to actually produce good uh, aesthetic and functional results, but also. Um, but also how it relates to our place in the world as a species. And to be able to get that historical view on things, I mean, you talk a lot about the Great Reset in the way that it's not just a financial or a military operation, but it's also about bringing human beings, especially sovereign men, to a physical and psychological breaking point. Can you talk a little bit about how you address that in the book? Yeah, of course. Well, I think... One of the things that's worth saying, and that I say in the book, is that actually the Great Reset, in many, 
in many fundamental respects is merely a continuation of the of the corporate system that we've already got, the corporate system that has um, sickened and weakened and, and made dependent, you know, the vast majority of the population. I mean, what we're really what we're really dealing with is we're dealing with an extension or a further extension of the of the kind of corporate consumer model um, where you are totally totally dependent on the sort of perverted products of uh, of our corporate overlords. Um, but yes, the the Great Reset model is well. The Great Reset, I, uh, as far as I see it, is founded on on a transformation in the way that we're supposed to eat, and that's what the book is about. The book is about um, how food transformations throughout history have mi uh, mirror what is happening now. So I start off in the preface talking about Plato and the Republic and, and his ideas about vegetarianism and how vegetarianism could be used to control society to to ensure that people were happy with their lot, that they were that they lived harmoniously, and how he thought that actually if, if you were to introduce meat eating into such a society that everything would go to would go to hell very, very quickly. Um, and I talk about the agricultural the the first agricultural revolution, the Neolithic revolution as it's often known. Uh, in the in the Near East, when again there was a, a total transformation to the way that people eat, which also brought about a total transformation to the way that they live, um, and that's exactly what the Great Reset is. It's a fundamental transformation of the way we eat that will also uh, entail a fundamental transformation of the way we of the way we live, and that means being, among other things, totally alienated from the foods that we should be eating, from the ancestral nutrient-dense animal foods that we should be eating that allowed our ancestors to thrive. Um, you know, we, we will have no say over the foods that we put into our body. We will have no say, well, have no sovereignty, basically. That is the, as you know, they say, you'll, you'll live in the pot, you'll own nothing, you'll have no privacy, uh, and, and you'll be happy. And um, not only will you own nothing and have no privacy, you'll also have no control over your own body, over what goes into your body, and that is a fundamental aspect of personal sovereignty. No, oh, yeah, you know, and in I've seen you have written a little bit about this, uh, the Neolithic Revolution, which you describe as probably the the original Great Reset, and and how this this would be um, as we are in right now. This would be like the advent of being forced into some kind of a planetary health diet as we are seeing it's just being suge loosely suggested now to go on with the crickets go on with the cockroach milk or whatever the hell they call it go on with the uh, the, the 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 fake meat that is all you know uh pea protein discards from china and you you look at all this stuff that is going on here and i saw this in one thing in chapter three of your book that opens up actually talking about what the eggs benedict option is and you were saying you say this here that not only is this planetary health diet will it will not be healthier from it instead we're likely to experience a wide variety of negative health effects ranging from basic deficiencies to actual physical shrinkage and we will surrender all control of the food system to corporations whose interests could not be further from our own and I got to say, the first thing that made me think about, Ren, was I think it was a little bit, uh, it was in the latter parts of this past winter, 2022, coming into this year, there was, I forgot what weirdo we were looking at this time, some some squirrely 
World Economic Forum biologist guy. That, that he was on stage musing about the idea that we can begin to genetically engineer human beings to become smaller, therefore reducing the energy that we each demand over the course of a lifetime because our carbon footprint is just, is just horrific. Um, and then they actually went as far as saying that we can engineer and should consider engineering humans to be naturally allergic to beef so that we would force to seek protein from other places and, and whatnot. So reading what you were writing, uh, writing here in the opening of chapter three, it, it really does um, make for a good reminder that we're not just dealing with fools, we're dealing with villains. Oh yes, yeah, totally. I mean, they, they know what they're doing. The chap that you're talking about is, uh, is a, um, an NYU bioethicist called S. Matthew Lau, and I actually talk about him later on in Chapter 3. There's actually a section where I talk about what he was saying there, about all the various um, bizarre suggestions that he makes, including shrinking people through genetic engineering okay. and uh, making them allergic to meat in the manner, actually, of um, a lone star tick bite, because if you get bitten by a lone star tick, you're often, you often develop um, a red meat allergy. And one of the things that's interesting, actually, is that now they reckon that up to 10% of the U.S. population is allergic to meat due to tick bites. I read something about that the other day. Um, but yes, these people, these people know exactly what they're doing. And, and this, is, this is one of the things that I'm trying to do with the book. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to draw people's attention to exactly all of the crazy things that these people have said. And they're all, they're all recorded. You know, there are there are videos or there are articles or there are books where they lay out in detail all of their bizarre and, and, and sinister plans for the future of food and the future of um, being a member of the global underclass, which is what the vast majority of people will be. And where do you go from, because I love to talk about the inspiration that you take from uh, the Russian system of household gardening, localized food production. I want to talk about that in a second because it goes a little bit more into the mental, uh, the mental makeup of of a nation, which of course, as you said, is really just the makeup of the individuals who comprise the nation. But uh, in, in identifying the problem and identifying the people steering the problem, w without obviously giving away too much, then again, it is a is a uh, a, a full book over two hundred pages. I, uh, I would love for you to talk a little bit about the starting points. What, what are the prescribed starting points to start to, to turn this around and to re uh, and to really start reevaluating our approach to overcoming the problem? Does it is it begin with the individual walking into a grocery store and knowing what to pick up and what not to pick up? Um, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are vegetarian or vegan for one reason or another, and, uh, and, and do they have to start reconsidering what they're doing with their lives? Uh, how, how, how hard nosed do you get with this? Uh, I, think we, I think we're going to have to be pretty hard nosed, to be honest with you. I think there's, well, there's everything at stake in this. I think that's what people need to realize is that everything is at stake. Our, our freedom, our sovereignty is at stake. Um, one of the things I, I, my approach in the book actually is to say that there is a, there are short term things that we can do. And I mean, very short term, like in the next year, year and a half, two years, I think people are, what we're going to see is we're going to see all sorts of trickery, all sorts of, um, all sorts of attempts to make it more 
more and more difficult to buy meat, for instance. Um, uh, you know, rampant inflation, war in Ukraine. There's, there, the globalists, I think, have have some more tricks up their sleeves too. And so, what what people need to do in the short term, I think, is to try to secure access to the foods that they want to eat. And I mean things like meat and dairy. Um, uh, maybe start growing some some plants. Uh, maybe keep some chickens if you've got a small garden that kind of thing but then there's a then there's a long term there's a long term uh, or a longer term um approach that we need to take which involves among other things yes trying to trying to get back to the land trying to create a create a movement abroad a movement for food sovereignty for national food sovereignty for placing the needs of the nation and local communities first above corporations but i think that that's necessarily going to be a political thing as well i don't think that, that this can just be about individuals deciding you know not to buy corporate food products and only you know purchase organic food and and grow whatever food they can there has to be a there has to be a populist movement behind this and so that's something i talk about i talk about at length in the book is that this needs to be explicitly political we need to get people we need to elect people who know what is going on with the great reset and who will fight it um people who are clued in people who are nationalist america first in orientation for instance um and we also need people who will who will make it easier for ordinary people to produce their own food because the thing is in america especially it's very very difficult actually uh in certain localities especially uh, to produce your own food, and this is this is something that um, Joel Salatin, who's a famous regenerative farmer, he's been on Joe Rogan a couple of times. Uh, he wrote a, a an essay and then a and then a book called "Everything I Want to Do Is Illegal," hmm. which is uh, which is a great title, really. It is. But it, but, uh, but it's but it's not a joke because actually, as a small farmer, um, the system disadvantages you. the The agricultural system is in the US is totally geared towards the huge, the enormous corporate players who, who dominate the agriculture sector. So, you know, do, even doing something as simple as say slaughtering a, a chicken um, as a small farmer, it can be incredibly complicated and costly. You're gonna have a hell of a bad, a hell of a difficult time um, consuming or selling raw milk. Oh yeah. Uh, and things like that. So, so we need, we need, we need to elect politicians who who will do something to make agriculture um easier for the for the little guy i i would have to in 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 the united states that right there is something that could be done a little bit easier than elsewhere because it, you don't have to even look at the 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 federal government as the the place where change has to be made uh, the federal government in actuality has no authority over these types of these types of situations agriculture these are all state issues by and large we may have been pretending and larping this way for the last hundred or so years but just because we've been pretending that long that tradition is not law but that is just something that we have to start uh, thinking about on a, once again on a local basis what local decision making is going to provide as an avenue for um 
for turning things around. Raw raw dairy is definitely an issue for a lot of states. Um, I, it can't be just the United States. It has to be in the U.K. and elsewhere. But it is illegal in some places, and you are taxed by uh, the gallon and others to collect even rainwater. I mean, they, they, it's... It's illegal in some places to collect rainwater that falls on your house. Sometimes you're taxed based or people have, have proposed taxes that uh, you are uh, you're going to pay a certain amount based on how much water may run off the size of uh, your roof based on the size of your roof. Uh, so we are in such a, uh, a, a tricky position, but it's going to take people waking up locally to untangle that. And I want to ask you a little bit about about. Um, mindset now i read somewhere else in some of these excerpts how you really do take inspiration as you said from the local gardening uh, the, the russian and you focus in on russia and how this has been really a, a, a cultural staple over there now the cultural difference in mindset is a great way to build perspective uh if we were ever able to uh you know access or assess other cultures without the stigma of media attached. We can't talk about anything that's going on in places like Russia without there being some long disclaimer about who we disavow and what we disavow and all that other stuff. But the di- for, for instance, the difference between the United States and Russia in dealing with addiction, and this has everything to do with human behavior and our confidence and our independence as well. In the United States, we send practically the Girl Scouts to hand out clean crack pipes and needles to drug addicts in the streets. In Russia, I read this a couple of weeks ago, here's a statement from Vladimir Putin uh, talking about alcoholism. He said, you cannot prohibit it or impose excessively high excise duties to ramp up the prices. Uh, People will drink, they will always drink. There are simple things that can be done to deal with the issue effectively, Putin suggested, uh, including promoting better lifestyles and offering healthier alternatives for way people spend their free time. Here's a quote. I'm not saying anything novel here, but still, the promotion of a healthy lifestyle is very important, but it's not enough. There needs to be a developed infrastructure for sports and physical training. And a culture in the wider sense needs attention. Make the conditions for people to go to places, foster their interest in culture, he said. Now, that could not be farther from the approach that we take in any respect in the United States. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about uh, mindset, uh, to, to, to go the, 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 the mental, to go along with the physical and the biological that needs to be shifted. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're totally right. I think that they're... And this is this is definitely something that I address in the that I address in the book because actually it's quite clear that a that a system of household gardening like in Russia it would 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 work in the U.S. You have everything you need to implement it. I mean, in terms of in terms of the basics, so like land, for instance, and climate. Um, here's an interesting fact. So in the U.S., the uh, the area, the total area of private lawns in the U.S. is greater than all of the land under cultivation by household gardeners in Russia. So you've already got the land. Americans spend an average of, I think it's 35 hours a week watching television. Well, Russian household gardeners spend 17 hours a week, four months of the year, tending to their gardens. So you've got the space, you've got the time. The climate in the U.S. is better. The growing season in the U.S. is much better than in Russia. 
across the entire United States, apart from say like Alaska. Um, but yes, the problem the problem is that people aren't people aren't attuned to producing their food in the U.S. People have people have become dependent on big corporations and farmers and you know where does food come from it comes from the supermarket yeah. but in russia they have an unbroken thousand year tradition of basically peasant agriculture and that that is what the household gardening system is really is it is the peasant mode of production uh, a thousand years later so it's ordinary people producing food on their own little plots of land that they have uh, in the countryside, and that includes people in the cities. By the way, this is this is something that I have to stress, and that I do stress in the book, is that Russia is now an urban nation. Two thirds of the population live in the cities, and yet, at the weekend and in in the evenings, millions of people filter out of the cities to little countryside plots not far from the city to tend their gardens and their their chickens and stuff. So, you know, you can you can do all of this stuff. Russia shows that a modern industrial nation with hypersonic weapons, a population of 150 million, can rely heavily on a local uh a local organic food system to provide the majority of its um produce. But that but the issue is the mindset is getting how do you get people in the US to think how do you get people in the u.s to care about where their food comes from and to to think that actually the best the best thing that they can do is is have a hand in the production of their own food because then they will know exactly what goes into it where it's come from and they'll also feel the satisfaction of having produced it themselves yeah i i think the only the other thing there too is um culturally around here we are becoming more and more uh radically egalitarian it's one thing to have a very fair be a fair-minded individual and want to be able to share your surpluses with friends and family and all that stuff but when people are not actually in the in the the, the business of producing having to work and produce what is keeping them alive and their families alive and it is only really just coming from either government or gigantic corporations and there's always a sale and you're really disconnected from the origin of your food then uh, you're disconnected from what it takes to actually produce it distribute it the cost for the price points the labor that goes into it you're, you're disconnected from all reality which is why so many more people make these crazy demands economically that uh, that go right into central planners hands on a global level they 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 become world economic forum UN agenda 2030 dupes I mean look at look at what the environmentalists have done to the the uh, the California countryside with all of their radical uh, you know save the brushes uh, policies and that ha has led to so many fires and and um, no oh, man, it's it, it it it's all tied together. It really is. Um, I wanted to ask you a question though, since we're going to just take this to the top of the hour here. I'd love to ask you a little bit about your favorite recipes. Like, give us a couple of the, a couple of the simplistic recipes, especially for guys who are out there who are trying to uh, who are trying to, to to fill in some gaps in in their day in their eating schedule that will provide a good boost of energy, not drag them down, and and actually some skeletal muscular support well i suppose i have to tell you the uh vince geronda uh, egg shake recipe 
that's uh that's definitely something that i've uh i've got to tell you that's a way to get the best quality protein fat uh, anabolic cholesterol uh in the in an easy delicious form so this is i call this uh, anabolic custard oh uh yeah so this is uh basically you take as many eggs as you want three six nine twelve um uh, crack them into a glass add uh equal quantities so this is half and half this is what vince Strand used to call half and half equal quantities of whole milk ideally raw and uh, heavy cream and then add a touch of honey or maple syrup to taste you could also add a banana if you wanted um, uh, and, and whiz it up or you can just stir it with a spoon and that is that is the Vince Gironda classic Vince Gironda shake anabolic custard that's tremendous you, you know you know Matt I feel like have you made a YouTube video I, I haven't, no, I haven't, but I, maybe I should. People do say to me, oh, you should make some YouTube videos. I just, it's just, I'm listening to him talking and, like, you know, the channels I listen to about, like, diets like this and bodybuilding, I feel like, like, this guy's, have, have you been on another uh, podcast or, or show or something? Yeah. Uh, Golden Era to, Bookworm? Yeah. Oh, Golden Era Bookworm, did yeah. you say? yeah. Uh, I I know about him. Yeah, he's good. He's got a good channel. Yeah, yeah he I does. Like I, I I know. I I definitely well, heard this guy's ma- voice. Maybe before. maybe you'll hear him. Maybe you'll hear him more often. He's got a, he's he's got a, he's got all the stuff. I'll tell you that the custard that uh, that that shake right there. That's definitely what they what NSP took and formulated into the 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 protein shake. So they, they have the protein power, yeah, the, the milk and egg protein. The milk and egg yeah. protein. You have to add your own. You have to add your own raw eggs, and I I drink it not only with the raw eggs but with the half and half. Um, but I I only put like two eggs in there because I got the scoop from Geronda's company. But to think about, I I want to make it. I want to make it like that. I want to make it like that right there. I'm gonna it's... I'm actually gonna get an extra dozen eggs this weekend just to be able to do that at least once. Don't make it that strong at first. <laughs> Test your stomach first. <laughs> Maybe Some I'll do a half, people, a half and a half. <laughs> oh no, I do the half and half is fine. It's just how many uh, raw eggs, like a, a dozen. But that's something, uh, Ren. That's something that you would sip over the course, like uh, sip on over the course of a day, right? You're not you're not slugging that. Uh, it it depends. So there was a there was a period when I was doing three of those a day with six. So that was eighteen or maybe more. Okay. Um, and just knocking them back, but yes, you can, you can, you can sip it as well. Um, definitely, depending on um, on uh, on. I mean, it depends on your goals. It depends, you know, how many you want to consume. Uh, but yes, you could cert- you could certainly sip that. And um, one of Vince Gironda's uh, uh, great proteges, Larry Scott, who was the first, who was the first uh, Mr. Olympia, who was the first and second Mr. Olympia, um, uh, used to make like a protein pudding basically with raw eggs and with protein powder and cream and ice cubes he'd put ice cubes in it so that it would sort of form into almost like a set set um pudding and he'd eat it with a spoon he used to eat four pounds of four pounds of it today wow i yeah well i wouldn't need that (laughs) i I wouldn't need that That, that's only because you know if you're if you're bodybuilding 
if you don't eat that, you lose you lose it. I mean, you if you're not eating, you you have to eat to maintain the size that you've attained, uh, especially when you get to that that type of size. I wouldn't. I would probably do half, at least half, um, of what what those doses are. Man, that's a, so. Give us so uh, so. We got the pudding. We got the shake. Give us one more off the top of your head, Ren. These are these are great. I'm going to try some. Okay, sure. So uh, I suppose my other signature recipe is uh, the uh, anabolic ice cream, no churn anabolic ice cream. So this is ice cream that you can make without um, without an ice cream machine, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. So you uh, take four eggs and separate them into yolks and whites. Um, uh, whisk up the uh, whisk the whites until they start to form um, soft peaks, and then add uh, how much? About a hundred, about a hundred grams of um, granulated sugar gradually, and whipping it still until you get a meringue mix. Mm. Uh, pour the egg yolks in with the meringue mix, and then um, you have to whisk up some cream. So uh, have, get some heavy cream, a couple of maybe 300 milliliters of heavy cream. Whisk that until it starts to form, again, soft peaks. Then add that to the uh, yolks and the meringue mix. Mix it all together uh, and just freeze it. And then that, is, that, is the, uh, that will be perfectly, perfectly set um, ice cream that you don't need to churn. It will come out properly. Doesn't separate. You can add um, you can add flavorings to it. You can add coffee to it. You oh. can add berries, oh, other man. stuff like that. It's in it's in my it's in my cookbook, and I and I have actually posted it. Um, I've posted it on my profile as well a couple of times. It's it's incre- it's incredibly easy to make, and it's and it's delicious. Well, I gotta say, and you have recipes in this book, correct? Uh, I've got this in the eggs Benedict option. There are some recipes for eggs Benedict and variations. Yeah. So, so I gotta say, this sounds like I cannot wait to actually own a physical copy. And going back to something you had said before about one of your earlier publications being downloaded over thirty thousand times, and people saying you gotta get it into into print. I think that that right in itself is such a great affirmation for an age, for a time that we need to be able to restore, not to be, uh, you know, retrogrades and throwbacks and cavemen, but the fact that th- there's something eternal about leaving something behind that is physical and to, and to you know, along, along that same road of working on our minds and our bodies and improving the world um, to a state better than it was when we found it. And the fact that you have written a book that incorporates good lessons on our psychological development, our physical, to understand what is going on and how we're being targeted geopolitically, but also um, also to have such rich history and some recipes attached to it. Uh, Ren, it sounds like you have a wonderful book here, and I hope that people buy it. Where can they find it? Uh, so the best place, if you're in the U.S., to get it for the for the cheapest price is directly from the publisher. So that's antelopehillpublishing.com. Otherwise, you can get it from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or Book Depository, uh, and I think some other third-party sellers as well. And that's the same outside the U.S. as well. So you can get it from Amazon in Canada, or Amazon in the U.K., or Amazon in in Germany, um, or other third-party uh, booksellers in those countries as well. And all those links are on rawegnationalist.com because that that is the um 
that is the, the URL that I have in the description that people will be able to go and explore once we publish the podcast after we're off live. Will they still be able to find your work through rawegnationalist.com? Yes, and, and if, if the links aren't on rawegnationalist.com yet, then they will be on my Twitter page. So you can go to my Twitter page, babygravy9, um, and they're all there. Wonderful. Ren, thank you so much. I I can't wait to read this from cover to cover. Maybe give it out as a couple of uh, Christmas gifts and whenever you have uh, a second edition or anything else going on, or even before that, I'd love to have you back to talk about any other topic like this because we need to have these conversations more often. Fantastic. No, it's been a pleasure and I'd love to come back. All right. Wonderful. Have a great, great weekend and uh, thanks for everything, sir. You too. Take care. Thank you. You got it. All right. There you go. There is Ren. Rog Nationalist. So, Matt, what would you think about that? Yeah, that guy knows what's up. Vince Sharonda. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, that diet works. You just got to stick with it. It I'm, worked for me. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna up it a little bit more. I am. I think maybe the last, the last thing of the night, my last meal of the night, I think I'm going to just go more so with the the overloading of the eggs because I make myself omelets when I leave here omelets steak and eggs whatever it is but um, there's not gonna be any room for steak if I am sitting down and eating 12 eggs it's just gonna be 12 eggs you can you can work up to it it may be Maybe I can work up to it, but that's a lot of eggs. You gotta like make a thing of it, bro. You gotta grill the steak so that like, you're like so it's like you know, you, then you'll eat it. Well, I do. I when I get home, I usually deep you know I thaw it out during the day. Around eight o'clock, I, I Lauren takes it out of the refrigerator for me so it has an hour to reach room temperature. Get home, throw some sea salt on either side, and I uh, I, I grill that thing up alone in the driveway, and it feels. Um, it's a great way, great way to end it. And sometimes I and I usually end exactly when my eating window ends, ten o'clock. But um, we ha- we have some great things coming up in the second half. We're gonna take your super chats, of course. We got Babylon B headlines, which look pretty fresh. I've got some classic C-SPAN calls, Matt. I found a four. <laughs> I found a forty-minute video of people, uh, uh, you know, calling up and pranking C-SPAN. I watched the whole damn thing to pick out my favorites. So I have whittled this down to three minutes of the things that made me wheeze laugh uh, on Wednesday night. You can ask Lauren. She was on the couch. I was watching the Yankee game. I was just kind of like lounging on the floor. And then I got sucked into this video. And I'm just, I'm going, I'm going nuts with this. So we got classic C-SPAN calls. And I got more. More. So don't go anywhere. We're going to have a lot of fun. Be right back. Welcome to Intermission. We'll we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Intermission. 
now entering quite frankly 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 Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Quite frankly in Roma Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly, how dare you? All right, Matt, you want to know what I... I couldn't help it, but when Ren was starting to, starting to talk about cream, like using cream here, cream there, and of course he has his accent... It started making me think of that uh, that bit that Justin uh, Karitsky's on YouTube made with the ice cream man, like the lonely ice cream man. Here, you know that. Hold on, let's see. wait a second. Hold on. Wait here. I got it right here. I got it during the break. <laughs> All right. So what kind of ice cream will it be then? <laughs> we got chocolate, vanilla. Uh, strawberry, uh, cookies and cream. Uh, mm, we got uh, 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 chocolate chip cookies, uh, uh, mint chip. We got mint chip. <laughs> oatmeal cookie crunch. Um, uh, we got an ice cream with uh, little bits of, little bits of cake in it. Little bits of strawberry shortcake. Uh, it's all delicious. It's, it's all real good ice cream, real nice, clean, uh, delicious, aromatic snack for for anybody uh, to eat to enjoy on a on a sunny, hot afternoon. It's a perfect way to cool off. So until I until I <laughs> until I see Ren for the first time in my life, this is the image I'm going to have in my head. <laughs> oh man! Uh, what else we got here? Oatmeal cookie crunch. <laughs> what else do I have? Uh, I want to remind everybody to get on over to quitefrankly.tv. At, eight, at 9 o'clock tonight, we have the Friday night programming that is going off. But also, go to the forum. The forum is doing so great. I'm pushing more and more people to the forum. These, uh, these topics are just filling up and I've got five topics of my own stuck to the top of the forum. Okay, remember, we have got reoccurring Reoccurring Dreams Repository. We've got 42 responses there so far. We'll get into those soon. Not tonight, though. Uh, tell us some things about strange things you've seen in the woods. 18 responses there so far. Are you a nurse or medical professional? We want to hear your crazy stories. They could be funny stories. They could be gross stories. They could be scary, weird stories. There you go. Have you ever been catfished? That's a big one right there. And walking in on your parents doing it. Ten responses there. That is on the forum section on quitefrankly.tv. Don't miss out. More and more people got to get there. We're just we, we're trying to build up the momentum that we had on Reddit. This is our place. And I can't wait uh, to get that going. Here we go. We've got some... Oh, we got a tip on Rockfin. 
Uh, Dan Theater says, thank you for the Ren interview. I'll order myself a copy for sure. I am too. I am too. And I want that Vince Gironda coloring book or a sketchbook 100%. Ren, he's, he knows the time of day. He knows the time of day. All right, let's get to some, quite frankly, superchat.com messages. Stostube says, have you heard our friend... Oh, wait, hold, sorry. These are too small. I have to expand it. Have you heard our friend Frank? Quite frankly, we support great independent media. A little plug for the best from Massachusetts. Quite frankly, keep progressive, progressive, Democrat, liberal state listeners sane. Much love, my good man. Well, yes. Yes, we'll see. Next week is be like Christoph and uh, Christos and Sarah are going to be like, they're sending the Martha's Vineyard folks to our town. That's where it's going to go. You're going to stuff them into Boston or to, in Lawrence or Lowell or something like that. Leasebreaker says, that hollow earth talk last night was wild. I had a friend tell me he saw a super fake dumb hollow earth scene in Godzilla versus King Kong movie. I was like, hey, hey, that might be trying to tell you something. Don't just throw it out with the trash. He's a lib. I, I was not going to watch that movie. I have no interest in these films anymore. But then when it came out, I had a, at least a half a dozen people on the opening weekend say, Frank, listen, if all you watch is the Hollow Earth scene, you got to watch it. I sent it over. Is I, that one, which, is that the one with 11 in it? No, it's Kong, no, King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh. The newest one. Oh, Kong goes to mid or Middle Earth. It, Kong goes, yeah. Kong goes to, yeah, yeah. Um, so pretty much I sent it, it was sent to me again. After last night's talk with uh, with uh, um, uh, Brooks Agnew, and I sent it over to to Brooks this morning. I said, "Hey, what do you think about this? You know, I I, I should have brought this up, but you know, I it didn't come to mind." And I sent him the Godzilla versus Kong Kong goes to Hollow Earth scene, and he responded back to me. He said, "I am Doctor Brooks in that movie. My character was." edited out. I said, you were included in this movie? He goes, yes. Uh, I'm my character. Uh, my character was in the movie, but they just referred to me by saying Dr. Brooks was right. The Earth is hollow. But they edited him out of the film. So he was actually involved in this film. Which I thought was a really great a great little tidbit, a little factoid here, because of several people have reached out to me again about that scene since last night's show, and it was a doozy. It was a doozy because we were talking about science and um, and scientific endeavors that actually have some sort of a um, a metric that could be measured and something to actually be investigated. And it's not so much just mainly focused on folklore, you know. Um, so th that's what was very interesting to me. Dooku Dan says, Hi, Frank. When the evil overlords miraculously have a ready-made solution to any given disaster or event, broken supply chain, global warming, crop failure, drought, etc., that event or disaster was created by the evil overlords, evil Hegelians. Yes. Yes. Problem, reaction, solution. Mrs. Caminiti. This was from last night. I missed it right after the show went off. I wanted to add... Oh, Mrs. Caminiti said this. Hey, Frank, today, this is last night, I've been married to the most amazing man for 10 years. 
Luke and I met almost 20 years ago and have already made a lifetime of memories with our four children. Cheers to us today, babe. I love you forever to the moon and back again, Rachel. Oh, that is tremendous. Congratulations. Congratulations to Luke and Rachel. And Rachel says, I wanted to also add, Frank, that you are amazing. Five plus years now, you've been a constant in our life. Uh, even today as we're moving on our 10-year anniversary. Not a huge move, just down the road. So cheers to you. Thank you. Love to you and the fam. Oh, Rachel and Luke, uh, nothing but the best to you guys. That is very heartwarming. In fact, I had another one over here. This one's from Chad. Now, I missed the mark on this. This was from the 12th. Chad says, Frank, my wife is a big fan. She listens religiously each morning to the previous night's episode, has your best apocalypse ever shirt, and is a regular donor to the show. I wonder if you might be so kind as to send her a quick birthday greeting for her birthday coming up on Monday the 12th. Her name is India of Idaho. Thank you so much in advance for this and for your work. Chad, I wanted to read this because I did not want India to think that you dropped the ball. I did. So you're a good man, and I hope that you guys were able to celebrate fantastically together. And um, and I, I just want to wish a, a, a wonderful birthday and a, an extended birthday week for India because it's her birthday weekend. Okay, that might have been Monday, but here's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I hope she gets everything she wants and more. So thank you, thank you, India. And yes, best apocalypse ever. The best one ever. We were here for it. All right, over on to the Rumble. Brian Frank says this time is right to get to get Dave Weiss on. The time is right. Oh, yeah, so the time is always right for Flat Earthers. They don't think of anything else. <laughs> uh, selling the farm. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. I appreciate it. And don't worry. I mean, there's a time and place for everything, and I'm not I'm not opposed to having him on. I, remember, I'm just the one. I make all the booking. It's just, it's all me. So um, I'm just filling up the calendar and... Uh, Should book Boots O'Neill, bro. Talk about real Americana. Who's Boots O'Neill? It's a legendary cowboy. Oh, He's oh, from down... years old. At, at the sixes? Yeah. Sixes Ranch? Yeah. Dude's 90. He's still doing the shit. I didn't... You know, I knew when when I was watching Yellowstone, this guy must be the real deal. Well, yeah. Oh, the... When they... Yeah. Well, yeah. they show those two old guys. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine having all that. Selling the Farm says, Hey, Frank, if you can give a shout-out to my wife's aunt, Marge, 97 years of life, and it's starting over today for her on the other side. Breaking on through to the other side, Aunt Marge. Well, all the prayers in the world, and yes, and all the joy, and and um, yes, to Aunt Marge. 97 years, oh, what a blessing that is. Especially if you're able to live a, a functional, vibrant, virile 97 years, or any, any portion of it. It's a, a real gift, a real gift, and that those are those are the transitions that you're able to you're able to let wash over you and and be peaceful uh, over because what more can you ask for? At least for longevity. Obviously, a lot can happen in those 97 years, but um, 
that's that. All right, over on Pilled, got a couple there. Sean Joe, thank you. Disappointed Mom says Terry Silver is still a hottie. Johnny too. Never locked. Never liked Daniel. Daniel is the uh, Daniel is the villain. <laughs> Someone says that in the first season, right? Like, oh, you were the bully. Remember, he's like, this guy would bully. He's like, we heard you were the bully. Daniel is the Daniel is not the protagonist in at least the first. Yeah, Johnny Lawrence is a good guy. After Daniel won, he won. He raised. He's like, you're all right, man. You're all right. Like he wasn't a sore loser. Like yeah, Daniel Larusso just bullied him the rest of his life. Danny by winning tournaments and just being Daniel Larusso. Hold on, this is he's a big fucking jerk off. Is what he was. Is the that's why no one likes New Yorkers, bro. This dude moves to oh, California. He was fucking with the California, bro. But Johnny was cool. Here, you ready for this? Hi, guys. Welcome <laughs> back to my channel. My name is Steve. Oh, that's not it. Hold on. Where, where the hell is it? Daniel LaRusso Daniel's is... Daniel's the real villain. Daniel LaRusso is the real bully. Um, It, it was not long. Is Dan... no, it's, now everybody's making their own videos about it. Of course. I want the original. The summer 82. Nope. Daniel LaRusso is the... Because they probably took it down because da Daniel LaRusso complained. That's it. This His is friends. It. Johnny is a high school senior. Okay, you want to? You know, it's, it's about four. <laughs> it's, it's, it just sounds like the dude from the like 9-11 uh, videos. It sounds like it, you know. It's, it, it's so about serious. four. It's like four and a half minutes long. You want to watch it? your show uh, bro. you know what we'll do we'll save this for the end if we have four and a half minutes we'll save it for the end but for now i want to get to the babylon b okay you ready for this here we go babylon b headlines let me do a little bit of a re a reshuffle here and away we go okay first one up well, let me get matt on top of there you go headline Migrants decline Newsom's offer of asylum in California since they just came from a collapsing communist hellhole with no electricity. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gavin. Now take your slicked back hair and shove it up your ass. Headline, family tragically buried alive in mountain of trash where moments, uh, uh, mere moments after missing garbage truck. Martha's Vineyard lovingly welcomes immigrants to any other part of America. <laughs> Have a nice day. Nation celebrates 29th year of pretending Hocus Pocus is a good movie. I used to, we used to watch that when we were kids. I know that one. Binks. I think that was the, the black cat's name. Yeah, Mr. Binks or something like that. I don't know. I... And then he turned into the, a boy or something. You know, it, the whole problem is Bette Midler for me now. I mean, these are just that she's a cr just a crazy animal. Yeah, well, look at that's uh, look how deranged she looks there. Yeah, I know. Uh, next one, Kamala Harris declares crisis at the border around her property because <laughs> you know the, the, a lot of the protesting that's going on there. After dealing with Martha's Vineyard HOA. Migrants decide to go back and take their chances with the cartels. <laughs> Headline, FBI reports fantastic night's sleep <laughs> after raid on my pillow. <laughs> A little more. Ne neck lump has gross politician growing out of it. 
You know, this Fetter, this John Fetterman guy in, in Pennsylvania, have you seen him? <laughs> no. First of all, even before his, his problem, because I think he had a stroke or something, people were wondering whether or not it's shot related, uh, which I think is going to be really interesting because if you think about it, we may be at the dawn of an era where the political landscape is just filled with vaccine injured people with like mental uh, problems now. Uh, but this guy is so weirdly constructed. I mean, it, I mean, it, it looks like the missing link. It, it has nothing to do with politics either. It's just very. I, I'm like, wow, this is a very odd man. Anyhow, he's got a goiter on his neck like that kid from uh, Home Improvement. Yeah, the go- no, no, no. It's not a goiter. That was from Seinfeld. No, no. Nah. It was a goiter. Wasn't there a goiter episode in Seinfeld? No. You're thinking of a, the golf ball in the whale hole. And George was dating a girl. He said he was a marine biologist. Oh. <laughs> and there was no, is anyone here a marine biologist? <laughs> That's right. I have not. I, I missed, you know, maybe I watched some of those again. Every once in a while, they're really good. Other times, they can be real boring. Um, oh, here's a couple more. Democrats remind everyone that all the money you just lost in the stock market wasn't really worth much anyway, thanks to inflation. <laughs> and one last one. Obamas construct new cages at the market. <laughs> the Obamas construct new cages at Martha's Vineyard to hold arriving migrants. <coughs> they never miss these guys. They really they really don't. Oh, oh here you go. Wait, wait, wait. Martha's Vineyard residents calls police to report a Hispanic in the neighborhood not <laughs> operating a leaf blower. Okay, well, that's the way it all goes. All right, are you ready for some C-SPAN? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so here is, this is three minutes and 12 seconds. These are personally curated by me. Now, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that many of them are crude uh, <laughs> jokes about genitals, but it's it just it's, it's only because it's C-SPAN. This is... Um, it's very serious, very prestigious network. It was very prestigious, wasn't it? Hold on. Let me, let me bring this over here. All right, Matt. So everybody just relax, because I find this to be a wonderful form of protest. Wonderful form of protest, this kind of thing right here. Just mockery. Here it is. Our first call from Union, New Jersey. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I'm a soldier. I'm serving in the U.S. Army. I'm over there in Germany. I'm back here in the States right now for a little while. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to say, in regards to all these people that are so anti-American, you know, in protest, you know, they want to, they're protesting all over Europe against us. You know, all I have to say to them is that, you know, I'm an American and I can suck my own cock. <laughs> Savannah, Georgia, Rip called you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Lauren didn't know what the hell I was looking at because I was wheezing. I was wheezing with some of these. Oh god, it's just the, the it's just I Thank oh, thank God for all these people. It's called Newark, New Jersey. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. I got myself into really bad debt. I was uh, paying one credit card off with another for over four years. Uh, I just went on and on. And, you know, I mean, I'm, like, really 
broke right now, about to file bankruptcy. I, you know, I'm trying to get a penile implant. I need to enlarge my uh, package to pick up the chicks these days. Oxford, North Carolina. <laughs> Look at this guy's face. Oh, penile implant on C-SPAN. Here we go. Is up next. Good morning. Philadelphia, go ahead. Boy, the calls are really fired up this morning. Um, I just want to say I have a really big penis. I can suck my... <laughs> So next, you know, it's really very unnecessary. Whenever next. someone calls and, and says, oh, how about these other prank calls? Like, you're getting pranked. They should how do you, they not know that. Yeah, no, there's a lot. There, there, was a, there was a lot I had to just, I couldn't take because it's already three and a half minutes, three three minutes, 15 seconds. <laughs> We're about of a third of the way through. But we, I couldn't just do this all night. Maybe I could have. But it doesn't mean I can't do more of this. Uh, anyway. my head hurt. Uh, good, good. This is this is therapeutic. This kind of laughter. She was very upset about that. So we had to watch. I'm sorry, Brooklyn, New York. Go ahead. Hello. You're on, ma'am. Go ahead. Can I ask you a serious question? <laughs> How big is your cock? <laughs> Baltimore, Maryland. Can <laughs> <laughs> I? I would have. I would have, now, now, if that was my show, I would have had to cut him off right there. Because you know something's going can I ask you a serious question? <laughs> I would have to cut him off right there. He thought, maybe it is a serious <laughs> Maybe, here, here, we'll do it again, ready? Sam, go ahead. Can I ask you a serious question? How <laughs> big is your cock? <laughs> Baltimore, Maryland. Good morning. Now, I love when some of the guests, <laughs> some of the guests, <laughs> I love when some of the guests are cracking up. Uh, that, that, that makes me feel good inside. All right, here we go, more. Well, Illinois, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Um, first, I would just like to say that, you know, thank you to the bat right there for just, with all the persecution and all the stuff that's been going on, and you guys have not been getting a lot of fan service as far as things go, and I just really want to thank you for sticking through it and keep doing your job and, you know, keep doing what you do, um, despite, you know, a lot of uh, people really not liking it. And as far as that goes, I would really just like to give you a nice big fuck. McLean, <laughs> <Between> Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> That guy liked it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. Okay. The guy's got a sense of humor. He's laughing. Yes. Yeah. It was funny. Yes, exactly. This you're not that's like, you know, you, this is not the time or the place to do that. And that's what makes it funnier. Oh, here we go. On the Washington Journal. <laughs> Troy, New York. Uh, you're on the Washington Journal. Go ahead. That's on the outskirts of Schuylerville. Like <laughs> Troy, New York. Oh, yeah, on the outskirts. Uh, you're going to like this one, Matt. Washington Journal. <laughs> Troy, New York. Uh, you're on the Washington Journal. Go ahead. I would just like to thank you for taking my call, number one. And number two, you should go fuck yourself. <laughs> on the uh, U.S. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one, I started crying. I'm gonna try that one again. These are the, <laughs> these are the best calls. They're right to the point. It's almost like a drive-by shooting. It's right to the point. Uh, you're on the Washington Journal. Go ahead. I would just like to thank you for taking my call, number one. And number two, you should go fuck yourself. <laughs> 
on the uh, USA. <laughs> Jim is joining us from Freeport in the Bahamas. Good morning to you. Welcome to the program. Hi, good morning. And good morning, Mr. Satter, too. I think everybody remembers a few years ago when there was that war in Chechnya with regards to the territorial integrity of Russia, and especially seeing the protests going on right now, it can really, it, it can really lead one to ask the question, uh, Mr. Satter, do you have a circumcised penis? <laughs> oh, we've had some... <laughs> he thinks it's funny that yeah. he's laughing. You have to. You have to laugh. Uh, callers who have gotten through, and we apologize for that very much. Hello. Got a Clarence Democratic line in Jacksonville, Florida, and hear what he has to say. Hi, Clarence. Hi. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Very, uh, exciting day here in America, the New Hampshire primary. Uh, I think it's very interesting to see. How many, how different this race is from previous races when you look at the amount of personality that you see in the Republican field. Herman Cain with his 999 plan, Rick Perry with his oops, Michelle Bachman with her very hairy vagina. Oh, excuse me, that was totally inappropriate. And uh, we're talking about the candidates and what's going on in New Hampshire. That's it, that's all I got for you right there. Michelle Bachman. Apparently she's very hairy. Oh, man. What, what else is there to say? What else is there to do? I did my C-SPAN picks. We did the Babylon Bee. Uh, it's 8.30. Let's take another quick break. When we come back, we'll just take some calls. Take some calls, and then we will end with the Karate Kid. Um, Daniel is the real bully. The real bully. Yeah. I, I have never been able to look at it any other way since this came out in 2015, this movie. And um, Cobra Kai just cements it. He's mentally ill. <laughs> he's he's emotionally disturbed, mentally ill. Daniel LaRusso's character. I, if I ever get to get Ralph Macchio on this show, well, so is Johnny Lawrence too, because he's no man. He's he's uh, Johnny Lawrence is a little bit more of like a he, he he obviously has a low level of self awareness, and he's a little bit more crude and um, and uh, yeah, definitely a retrograde in his in his own right. But he he's like his own. I don't know. I I just don't know. He's not calculating like uh, Daniel is. He's he, he definitely he doesn't shy away from a fight, but Daniel is sick and he's sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I said, I told Lauren it's like episode five, and there's Daniel in, in uh, this latest season of Cobra Kai, and now he's visibly abusing alcohol. <laughs> and I'm telling Lauren, I said he hasn't been to work one day in this season yeah. yet. I, I said I don't know how he still has a wife. I mean, he is out of his mind, and it's all children's karate. All right, we're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, you'll still be here, and we're going to be having a great, great time still, so don't go anywhere. Lulu had a baby. She named him Tiny Tim. She put him in the piss butt to teach him how to swim. He swam to the bottom. He swam to the top. Lulu got excited and pulled him by his cock. Ginger ale, five cents a glass. If you don't like it, just shove it up your ass. Ask me no more questions, I'll tell you no more lies. A man got hit with a bag of shit, and that's the reason why. <laughs> hey, Mike, I know you got a lot of problems downtown, but I've got a couple of problems at the house I wish you could take care of. One, I've got some cats parking in the house. I can't send that garbage truck next to the office. So what I need is a red zone. It's a simple thing you can take care of. Honey, honey would you come here a minute, please?
your sandwich with the bus driver. Do it, do it, John. <laughs> hey, you threw that. I'll turn this damn bus around. That'll end your precious little field trip pretty damn quick, huh? been down in the basement since it happened. Five days now. I think he's having some kind of a mental situation. You know, an episode or something. Alright. Hey, you better do something. I don't want to be known as the brother-in-law of the town nut job. I got enough problems already. Oh, shit. I got water all over myself. Skype. Where is the actual Skype? Oh, there it is. <clears throat> so you can call into the show now. Any thoughts you got from the whole week or tonight? Whatever you got for us. 914 and we are taking your calls and hanging out and uh, having a good time. Anything else that you got going on with you, Matt, that you want to bring up? Any thoughts? Any whatever? No, nothing going on, man. Okay. Well, let's take a call from King then. What's going on, King? Hey, what's happening, baby? Hey, what's going on? Hey, I hope you you've been well. Well, um. I've been all right. Can I update you on my work situation? Well, you're already updated. Can I update your audience? But sure. I got to be a little vague because this might go into legal things over here. Well, be be vague and put it in like a a, a four minute nutshell. Oh, I ain't gonna be four minutes. Ain't gonna take that long. Well, only, so, only um, because I didn't I didn't know if you want to give everybody a little bit of a crash course. Well, let me just do it. the last time that King called in. Go yeah, go ahead. No, thank you. Yeah, you preface it. Go ahead. Okay, so last time the King... Matt, were you here for this? No, you, I, I, I maybe, think so. But anyway, happened? King called in to talk about the situation <sighs> that he's been having at his work. I know. he didn't. You didn't get along with someone at your job, right? right King, but, you got in a fight with someone or well, something or an argument. He doesn't... He doesn't obviously, he, there's a couple of people that rub him the wrong way, but he obviously became a target of people that started accusing him of things that he did not do. Okay. Um, you know, using... Because of my political affiliations. Yes, because he, he wears his Trump hats and his All Trump right. shirts. But, you know, um, but anyway, so they, they start really uh, putting some serious allegations out there with no proof. He was never able to, fa to face his accuser. And uh, to be able to continue his employment, he had to, like, sign sign something taking responsibility so uh, they gave him like two strikes out of three uh, off the top just for whatever so he but he kept going to work because he wanted to be around people and not back down and now it seems to be escalating in some way what's the new thing that is being thrown your way by your your co-workers uh king 
The new thing is I was physically assaulted at work by a fellow employee. Uh, a fellow employee tried to strangle me. What? A strangle? Correct. Strangling? I mean, you said Strangulation. Strangle. No, tried to strangle me. Now, this, this couldn't have been a man, was it? Yeah, well, if you want to call it a man, it was a, of the male persuasion. So the punk. What was the situation? How did how did the uh, strangulation attempt even uh, like d describe the actual situation? Well, the situation is we was ball busting, and uh, and um, I was really because everybody knows I'm a master ball buster, and I was getting the better of this guy. So he come over into where I was working and started screwing around with my work to like sabotage my work and I confronted him and I said hey I says don't mess with my work alright talk shit all you want you start like messing with my work trying to make me look bad we got a problem and he's giggling like a little girl talking about I didn't do nothing so I go to lunch I came back and my work is sabotaged even more when I told him I said before I went to lunch I said listen to me if I come, if I find out you've sabotaged my work, I said, I'm coming back and I'm dumping your shit all over the floor. And he laughed and he goes, oh yeah, and that's where it'll stay. So I said, all right, all right. Now that is, that was, I wasn't actually gonna dump all his shit on the floor. So I come back from lunch, <clears throat> my shit's fucked up. I go over to him and I said, I told you not to fuck with my shit. So I took three things off of his cart, and I threw him on the floor. Where the motherfucker started getting in my face and pointing and, like, pick that shit up, and I was like, go fuck yourself. Like me, I'm cool as a cucumber. I've been in these situations all the time. This guy's losing his mind. This guy's nothing. And he's pointing in my face, and he's like, I told you to pick that shit up. So now I got, like, $500 eyeglasses. So I don't need them shits broken. So I can tell when something's going to get physical. Take my eyeglasses off, set them down very calmly. And he goes, oh, that's where you want to go? And I'm like, no, where do you want to go? So he chest bumps me and tells me to get the fuck out of his aisle. And I says, go fuck yourself. Whereas he proceeds to grab me by the throat and try to choke me out, which was nothing. So I had two other co-workers in there, a female and a, a pansy. I don't mean gay guy. I just, I don't mean a gay guy. I mean a guy that just like can't fight. That's what I mean by that. And I don't want them to get hurt and it to turn into an all out melee. So he, we wrestled to the ground. I never fight back. I never throw a punch and he continues to strangle me. So I am currently pressing charges and now my job, the police went to investigate, and mysteriously, this camera's all over the place. The police say, oh, the, your job says there's no footage of this. Oh. Oh. How convenient. I'll tell you what happened. I, I How bet you. convenient. Okay. So, so here's where my conspiratorial mind goes to. They really wanted you gone the first time they tried to, to set you up. 
and you you Correct. stuck you stuck around, and uh, this guy says, you know, I don't know, maybe he he uh, he offered to try to to try to ruffle your feathers a little bit and catch you throwing the first punch on camera, and when it turned out being Correct. the other, turned about being the other thing, he obviously has friends who are willing to 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 wipe the the cameras for him, so he's not he's not someone without friends. Correct. Oh Imagine. boy. Boy oh boy. Like I told you guys, I'm on the front lines fighting for all of you and fighting for what's right. I'm in the thick of it. I will not let these people get away with this. All right? And it's funny too. I said to I said to one of my bosses, I'm like, "You want to know what's funny about this whole thing cuz they're all now they're all sucking my dick cuz they're afraid of a lawsuit and blah blah blah." I said, "You want to know what's funny about all this?" I said to the bosses, I said, this is something you people expected from me. From me. I give and you, I didn't do it. I give you, I, I give you credit. People. I give you credit. Say again, Frankie? I said, I give you credit. Just, just know, knowing, uh, knowing how you are, I give you credit for really sticking to your guns and, and, uh, and, and actually being pacified throughout. Obviously, you didn't let him choke you out, but you weren't, uh, you weren't wailing Correct. on him. So that, I give you credit. So give, you have to keep us uh, updated on this one because now, now this has gone to a new, uh, a new chapter, and it's it's getting exciting. I can't wait to Whole see what happens next. Whole another level, brother. We're talking about physical assault. When you try to stra- strangle somebody, I don't know, Frankie. Wouldn't that be considered attempted murder in a court of law? Well, I mean, there's only She's throwing that out there. She's throwing that out there. Food for thought, people. There's only one reason why you would strangle somebody, <laughs> and that is to cut off their air Thank supply. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, King. Thank you. Well, thank you for the call. This was a this is this is a good update. I can't wait to hear what happens next. And uh, of course, our thoughts are with you. The king will prevail. I promise you that. All right. I ain't giving up. There he is, King Forty. Thanks for the call, man. There you go. The king will prevail. Yeah, there's only reason one one reason why somebody would strangle you, and that's to at least make you unconscious. Yeah, at least to just to make you pass out if they're nice. And if they're not nice, it's to kill you. Three one seven, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Billy Goat. Billy Goat, what's going on? Give us something. Hey, uh, you said you wanted to uh, hear about uh, any hideous nursing stories. Oh uh, yeah! If you got it, you you can give it give us one right now, or you can put it into the forum, whatever you'd like. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you right here. Go ahead. Um, so, when I was um, in uh, nursing school, I you know you just go into different um, uh, departments. And this time I was in surgery, so they're doing a um, a kidney um, nephrectomy. It's removing your kidney. Yeah. And so the surgeons in there, and this is back in the days, uh, early 80s and uh, mid-80s, and uh, the guy, the surgeon, he's in there, and he cuts him open, and I'm just standing on the side and stuff. And uh, so the surgeons make a little slit in his uh, flank, and he pulls out these um, look like, um, you know, dikes that cut wire, you know, big dikes. Yeah. But they're, you know, all, all sterile. He clips his third rib and he he grabs the rib and he chunks it across the room at me and he says here go make yourself a girlfriend what (laughs) the hell 
the fuck was that? I'm kidding. What the hell was that? The do- like, doctor throw. So, so uh, it it has to be. It must be a standard operating procedure to clip this rib to be able to better access the um, yeah the kidney. Because you don't need your 13th rib for nothing. Right. It's just a floating rib, basically. So they remove the floating rib. They don't put it back or fuse it or anything like that. No. So it, it was going to no. be discarded with the medical waste, and in fact, and instead he yeah. threw it at you. <laughs> Yeah, he chunked it across the room at me, and it flopped on the floor. And I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck am I getting into here? Wow. Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that is a doctor with a weird sense of humor or just a sick fuck. Yeah, that's the way it, that's the way it went. And as my, you know, because I, I did it for the next 35 years, and I've seen all kinds of stuff like this. But I was a cath lab nurse, so I did mostly heart stuff. Uh, but this was just like... It was just mind-blowing as, as a student nurse, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Well, listen, if you got 35 years, you please, please make sure that you get on, you register with the forum on quitefrankly.tv, yeah. and get. I, I pinned all of my active threads for the show that we're building up, the nurses and doctors one, medical professionals, stories from the field. Yeah. It's pinned to the top. Please get a few of your best ones in there. Yeah, I, I got a whole bunch for you. Oh, my gosh. And, and I think you need to come strong with those. Um, uh, uh, the one you did earlier with the uh, all the um, people calling in doing prank-ass calls on that shit, that yeah. was freaking, I was dying over here. Me and my girlfriend, we were just freaking laughing like hell. Oh, my favorite one is just, well, thank you for taking my call, number one. Number two, go fuck yourself. And, and that's it. That's the end of the exchange. It's like a little drive-by shooting. And I have to find more. I, I will find more. But, you know, if C-SPAN still takes calls like that, we have got to get some people who are, um, who are, are getting ready, who go out and do that. I don't know if they've put on a delay after all these years of being pranked or not. But, oh, that would be so right. great if people would do that on behalf of this show. That would be so awesome. Yeah, I, it's just freaking hilarious. And what, what, and what, uh, what should I store you as in the Skype? What's the, uh, the name? Billy Goat, you said? Yeah, Billy Goat. G-H-O-A-T-E. G-H-O-A-T. Billy Goat. Okay. Well, thanks for the call, Billy. It's yep. great to have you on. All right. Bye, bro. Bye. All right. Take care. Wow. Well, if that thread is full of stories like that, having a floater rib cut off in the <laughs> middle of a surgery... And thrown across the room, and, and that in itself. But then for the the surgeon to to shout out a a biblical joke, go make yourself a girlfriend. I mean, he, he Jesus def- doesn't like stuff like no, that. No, Jesus doesn't like stuff like that. But you know, he learned it from someone else. Like that surgeon probably learned it from someone who he was interning with. Yeah. That's probably been a joke that's been going on since. I don't know. Since the dawn of surgery. Jesus doesn't approve of this joke. Very upset. Let's take a call. John from Connecticut, what's going on? Uh, is this Frank? Yes, it is. How are hey, you, John? Hey, Matt, I hope you got better with your uh, scratch fever. Uh, I'm still recovering. All right, well, just smoke some more, you'll be fine. I, I'm telling you, that's what George Washington would do. That's it's why I healed pr- pretty quickly, I think. Took a, less than a week to 
uh, start feeling better. Yeah, no, it, it it takes less than a week, but the th- the seventy two hours that you're in the thick of it, it's just you want to just fast forward. Yeah, you got to get that uh, anti COVID weed. They they're selling it now in Connecticut for you know it's legal and shit. It'll be I. I'll send you a script. Yeah. So, Mr. Frank. Yes. Happy birthday! Two years on your daughter. Awesome! Awesome! Thank you. Uh, who the, I, there's somebody I want to say something to, but I can't remember. But I'll remember. Can you say something? No, I, I, I. Oh, not even something. I don't know. Say something. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're thinking, but but John, uh, thank you so much, and I would convey. I will convey those happy birthdays. I, I know. I, you know, we gotta go with that. You go fuck yourself. You know, number three. <laughs> yes. Whatever. Come on. It's gotta be something. Oh no, no, no! Pray for King Forty because he needs to get through this fucking strangling episode. I'm so bad. I feel for him. We got we got to start a GoFundMe for the. Uh, his therapy and everything. I don't even know if he's going to be able to walk again or whatever, man. It's just like so embarrassing and stuff. Yeah, I no. feel bad for my buddy King. Yeah, I think King, I, I can hear it in, I can hear it in the background. King was... <laughs> you can hear him yelling at me already. <laughs> well, I'm going to send, I'm going to send your wishes, your birthday wishes along to Lauren, because aside from Aurora, she was the biggest uh, laborer in, uh, in the birthday scene. And I will also send your uh, prayers along to King. I'm sure he's watching right now. Thanks for the call, John. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I love you, man. But, and, uh, yeah, I just... We just got to make it through this. We'll get through it, I guess. Uh, I, I love you, man. I, hey, listen, Bye. you know what? Every every generation before us has John. I'm sure that we will, too. Uh, yeah, I think now, now that John brings it up, I think King was actually calling in from a wheelchair. <laughs> I could hear the wheelchair. Now, now that John mentions it, I can hear the wheelchair clanging in the background. <laughs> oh. Yes. All right. Well, it's 8:50. You want to watch this uh, this theory about Daniel? It's not a theory. But you're not. You're right. It's not a theory. This is just exactly how it happened. Uh, all right. Let's get this down. Let's get this down. All right. Here we go. This is about four and a half minutes long. It runs really quick because it's it's just so succinct. About 15 million views. The man's name that made it is J. Matthew Turner. And here's the description of the video. Daniel LaRusso is a violent sociopath <laughs> who picks every fight in the Karate Kid. And that's really just what it is. And he does. He, he, when you read this, you're like, wow, I've been rooting for the wrong. P-. Now, Crease, of course, John Crease is a terrible um, abuser. All the teachers have a lot of problems, aside from Mr. Miyagi. But then Mr. Miyagi, uh, he he assaults children as well. Yeah, as you'll see. And then he turns to alcohol too. He turns to so really, I think Johnny Lawrence is the most virtuous person in the in the story. Here it is. Here we go. We're gonna do it together. The Karate Kid is the story of Daniel, a violent sociopath who moves to a California town and begins <laughs> tormenting a local boy and his friends. Johnny is a high school senior with a commitment to atone for past mistakes and move his life forward in a positive direction. So, ex-degenerate man, 8 a.m. tomorrow, I'm a senior. I've got one year to make it all work, and that's what I'm going to do, make it work. They are destined to meet when Daniel's neighbor invites him to a beach party where he becomes instantly obsessed with Johnny's newly ex-girlfriend, Allie. And I. After a courtship ritual consisting solely of creepy, unbroken eye contact, he approaches her only to be summarily rebuffed. Johnny arrives to patch things up with Allie, but the discussion becomes heated. Well, I want to talk to you, all right? Now, I want to be clear about this. 
What Johnny is doing is not okay, and he should respect her wish to be left alone. Johnny is, in the end, a flawed hero. But one thing he is definitely not doing is getting violent. Daniel, however, seeing an opportunity to insert himself into Allie's life, chooses to escalate the situation, demanding the return of Allie's radio. Frustrated and heartbroken, Johnny complies with Daniel's request and in the heat of the moment, pushes him down. Daniel now has the radio and Allie is still in no danger. Nevertheless, he attacks Johnny, who merely steps aside, allowing Daniel to knock himself to the ground <laughs> twice. <laughs> you see? He does. He just let him step aside. He keeps going. But when Daniel refuses to let it go, Johnny must use force to end this violent outburst for the safety of everyone present. So what is Daniel's response to Johnny's non-aggression? Pow! A sucker punch right to the mouth. Johnny defends himself, as is his legal right, and then de-escalates the situation by leaving the scene entirely. The next, you know, you know, you know the other, you know the de-escalates by leaving. You know what I think is funny? I can hear the narrator smiling as he <laughs> as he recorded that because he knows he knows just how funny it is that he is recrafting this how he's recrafting this and it's so well done you can hear him smiling sometimes okay here we go day in school daniel trips while playing sport ball rather than accepting that occasional bumps and bruises will happen during playtime daniel instead externalizes the blame onto johnny's friend bobby and proceeds to ground and pound him mma style a few days later, Daniel attempts to enroll at a karate school, obviously intending to up his game so he can get revenge on Johnny. Put it this way, how would you feel if someone picked a fight with you, lost, and then went out the next day and bought a gun? Well, that's exactly how Johnny feels when Daniel shows up at Cobra Kai. So he decides to send a message. Your violence will not be tolerated, because Johnny knows what can happen when you teach karate to a person with a bad attitude. Months go by, and no one bothers anyone. Clearly, this conflict is over. Until Daniel, unprovoked and for absolutely no reason, drenches Johnny with water in the middle of a school function, ruining his night. To add irony to injury, Johnny was at that very moment sparking up a J, which is just about the least violent thing you can do. It's, it's true. Weasel snag to be. All right. But I digress. Daniel has crossed the line this time, and he knows it. After causing a multi-car collision, he flees into the night. There is no telling what further damage this unbalanced and violent individual will do. And once again, it falls on Johnny to contain Daniel's fury. After local busybody, karate master, and child batterer Mr. Miyagi intervenes, Daniel convinces him that this is somehow all Johnny's fault. So they go to Johnny's sacred place, the Cobra Kai studio and challenge him to yet another fight. Johnny accepts the challenge and even agrees to refrain from defending himself against any more of Daniel's unprovoked aggression until the match. No one touches the prima donna until the tournament. Daniel, of course, sees this as a license to continue to harass Johnny in public with impunity. All right, watch this. Hey, guys, how you doing? It's good to see you. Hey, sorry about the eye there, Johnny. Shoulder okay, Tommy? You guys be careful not to go stepping in front of any more buses now, all right? The day of the tournament He's arrives. a menace. Johnny is there defending his title. Daniel, meanwhile, is a danger to himself and others as he doesn't even know the basic rules of engagement. All right, what are the rules here? Oh, no. To no oh, one's no. surprise, Johnny advances to the final round and Karma catches up with Daniel when his leg is injured by the boy he wantonly attacked on the soccer field. However, just as Johnny is about to be awarded his trophy, Daniel is granted unnatural strength by the demon sorcerer Miyagi. <laughs> enabling him to defeat Johnny and win the tournament in an upset. 
Ever mindful of good sportsmanship, Johnny lets go of his sadness at losing, subjugates his ego, and personally presents Daniel with his tainted blood trophy. <laughs> May you choke on it in your wet dreams, you rotten little prick. Thanks for watching. So, it's true. I mean, it's all true. It's always a matter of perspective, Frank. Well, uh, I mean, the scoring of the of the of the movie. I mean, Daniel, because he is supposed to be seen as the protagonist, is going to get all of the victorious, triumphant music, mm -hmm. whereas Johnny is going to get the dark, foreboding, uh, you know, uh, villain music. But I mean, the actions speak for themselves. What else can you say? What else are you going to say? Uh, thank you. We're going over to... Uh, thank you to Stostube, H2O Maven, on the on pill.net. Thank you all so much. I'm going to release the scratching over there right now, and I hope that you guys enjoy the Friday night programming that is about to begin in just a few moments. I want to make sure that we got everything on, quite frankly, superchat.com already. Let's see here. Hello, Kitty. Frank, the person who celebrated the birthday week, uh, September is my birthday month. One day to day 30. Oh, day one to day 30. Well, happy birthday month. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And you guys have been fantastic company this entire week. Thank you again, Matt. Anything you want to leave people with as we run off and run away? Have a pleasant evening. That's it. Pleasant evening for everybody. What are you going to eat? Uh, four dozen eggs? Nah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to eat. Well, I hope it is uh, succulent. I hope it's a succulent meal. It probably won't be. Having a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? This is Democracy Manifest. Good night, everybody. We will see you on Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. The 20th. All right. Bye-bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, it's Film Before Live studio audience. And now our super chatter, starting with Dan Theater on Rockfin. And thank you to Hello Kitty, SKS, Snowstube, Elise Breaker, Dooku Dan, and Mrs. Caminiti. To everybody on Rumble, to everybody on Foxhole, which is nestled nicely on QuiteFrankly.tv. I will see you all in that chat room in a little while. Get over there right now as programming begins as soon as this show ends. Thank you, guys. 99, and thanks again to Raw Egg Nationalists for spending some time with us. Check them out, and I will see you Monday. <laughs>